0: Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The
1: views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
2: Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio, keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black.
3: So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is your hour of power where we are living life like it matters. Uh, In that same vein, I want to say happy Veterans Day uh, to all our veterans out there. You know, uh, we talk about servant leadership. Uh, and leadership, uh, servant leadership, I believe, is the best type of leadership uh, that there ever was, and there is no greater. There is no greater love, uh, and Jesus said this: that a man shall lay down his life uh, for a brother. Uh, and uh, I think today, um, uh, the military is not given the due respect. I think today uh, we kind of take our freedoms for granted, uh, and it's a shame. Uh, because uh, it it is a it is a tough road to hoe uh, when you join the military it becomes your mother it becomes your father uh, it becomes your uh, your family uh, you basically lose a lot of rights just like uh biden 's attempting to to vaccinate every single person and even these soldiers who have spent twenty thirty years who Uh, don't want to get a vaccine, don't want to poison their bodies because it's not really a vaccine. They're being threatened not only with discharge, they're okay with discharge, but dishonorable discharge. These are people who fought in wars, Uh, people who gave up, sacrificed their life, sacrificed family, sacrificed time with family, being gone while their children were being birthed. Uh, And because the political narrative is we got to get a jab in everybody's arm to change their molecular structure, Uh, these people who say my body, my choice, like we've been saying since Roe versus Wade, right? My body, my choice, right? Don't tell me what to do with my body. Remember, that's the rally cry of the left. Now, uh, if you don't allow them to inject luciferase in you and hydrogel in you, and mRNA, which is modified RNA. And for those that don't know it, you won't eat anything that's GMO, genetically modified organism. But you have no problem the government making you a GMO, a genetically modified organism. It's just stunning. So not the radio show. I digress. But, you know, how many Americans have died in U.S. wars? Do you know this? Uh, uh Over 1.3 million. And then that 1.3. 1.3 million million. Now, here's the interesting thing. I would not believe this unless I was looking at the stats. You know the greatest military loss was in the what war? You ready for this? The Civil War. Shedding our own blood against each other. You ready for this? Half a million people, 498,332 people died in the Civil War. Americans shedding American blood. You know what the second one is? Believe it or not, it's World War II. 405,399 U.S. deaths. So between those two, if you add it up pretty good, you got uh, a little over 900,000. 900,000 deaths. And then all the other wars combined, everything, Revolutionary War, War of 1812, Indian Wars, Mexican War... Uh, Spanish-American uh, Civil War, World War One, Korean War, Vietnam War, Persian Gulf War, Global War on Terror. All those combined, 400,000. Isn't that incredible? And yet we don't even think about that. The deadliest battle in U.S. history during World War One, the Battle of Argonne Forest. You know, I don't know if you remember, in story time with Mr. Black, I talk about Cher uh, the homing pigeon that saved the last lost battalion, uh, and that was the Argonne battle in the Argonne Forest. Uh, that was one of the last battles of World War II, and again, twenty-six thousand U.S. deaths. Deadliest battle of the Civil War, which is the greatest loss of any battle. Seven thousand deaths at the Battle of Gettysburg. Isn't that incredible? And so it's just factual. De- and listen to this, then versus now. 12% of the population served during World War Two. So 12%. This article from uh, 2019 says less than 1% of the current population actually serves on active duty. And so I want you to know I was talking to my, my daughter, Faith, and she sent out a, a happy uh, Veterans Day. And, uh, you know, I'm used to this. I don't talk about my military service. No other reason. I've just accomplished a lot in my life, and that was a long time ago. And so I actually sent my daughter a note on Facebook. You know, Faith, your dad served in the military. He was a 91 Delta, a scrub nurse. I'm reading what I wrote to her on Facebook. I went in the Army directly out of high school in August of 83. I graduated from basic high school in June of 83. And in August of 83, uh, I was in boot camp in Fort Bliss, Texas. And then I went to my AIT in Fort Sam Houston. Uh, And then I went to my OJT, which is my residence training, if you will, at Fort Carson, Colorado, for my medical training. I was the youngest in my unit. I was 17 years old. Had to get my parents to sign to get me in. Uh, I actually took high PT, uh, physical training in boot camp. Uh, And here's the interesting thing, and this is why today we're talking about chains. Uh, You know, I loved being a military. I was a 91 Delta. I was a scrub nurse. I was a, a surgeon's assistant. Uh, I was the one that set up the sterile field. You know, he'd say scalpel to be me. Uh, you know, forceps would be me. I would set up the sterile field. I would get the uh, surgeon ready. I would hand the instruments to the surgeon. Uh, and then it was done. I would clean up the sterile environment and put away the tools and all that. And man, I loved it. I worked on hundreds of operations. I actually got to cut people open. A lot of people don't know there's those three levels, layers of the skin, and the top layers, layers contaminated. And so once you cut through the top layer of skin and it feels back, you've got to get rid of that scalpel because that scalpel is contaminated. Uh, and so there's times where a doctor could ride on a, a body uh, with a, a crayon uh, and it would be a slight incision to just separate the top layer from the second, third layer. Uh, and then we'd get rid of the knife and then the surgeon would take over. I don't remember how many times I got to do it. I know I got to do it. Could have been one time, could have been three times, could have been five times. But I actually enjoyed it. Uh, and then when I got out of the military, and uh, I started up at UNLV and, uh, uh, you know, uh, early on, and uh, I wanted to stay in the military field, I mean the medical field, but uh, uh, they would not accept my training for the military. I had to get recertified and retested and retrain all that in the civilian. And I decided not to. Uh, so I decided instead I would go to UNLV, and in UNLV uh, I had my childhood. At UNLV, I was a cheerleader for the UNLV Running Rebels, Jerry Tarkanian, Tark the Shark. You know, I was there at the Final Four when we lost. I wasn't there at the Final Four when we won, but I was there at the Final Four when we lost to Indiana. Uh, It was in New Orleans, I remember that. Uh, We we lost to Indiana, and we were uh, the best team without a doubt, but we wound up losing to Bobby Knight in Indiana. And then we wound up in the consolation game beating Providence. I remember that. It was a, a great thing. But, you know, it shows you that that one, that one event by the civilian world not accepting my military training. That's what I told him, That I, I told my faith. Uh, everything changed. So I took a totally different path. When they would not accept my medical training from the military, I decided that's not the field I wanted to be in if I had to restudy and retest. And so what happened, I went to college, and I became a cheerleader, uh, and my path was totally altered, and I got in the field of sales, and got in the desire for money, and got in the desire for women, and got in the desire for all the fun things in life, uh, and it changed. And see, that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's radio show is called Chains, and we're talking about a chain of reaction, a chain link, a chain of events uh the the uh, the the law of causality which is the chain of causation you know if a then b see what we forgot in this country is that choices have consequences it is when these brave men and women chose to sacrifice their freedom sacrifice their life to sacrifice their time with their family to go fight for the freedom that americans have enjoyed for centuries there's a cause and effect And when you stop fighting for that, when you stop believing that, when you start minutely taking away the fringes of those freedoms, eventually you wind up in 2021 where we wonder, what is America? Where is America? Where are all the freedoms that so many fought and died for, 1.3 million? Where are they today? That's why today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about chains. I am Black. Happy Veterans Day. We'll be right back.
0: sightseeing in paris at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
4: are you the principal or leader of a christian or catholic school would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first year students You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
0: Wake up with the Freedom 1570 Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint in a detailed yet concise manner. Sign up at Freedom1570.com. Just use the keyword subscribe.
4: Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening.
1: For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career, I spent time in supervision and management. So I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program, I went back later on as a facilitator. So. I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic, it was intense, it was powerful, you know, it was, it was amazing, it was amazing.
4: Leadership Awakening. Change your heart, change your mind, change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today we are talking about chains. You know, as we celebrate Veterans Day and we honor the brave men and women who not only lost their lives, some lost limbs, you know, Wounded Warrior Project is a great project. Um, from uh, um, to Towers to whatever I forgot what it's called in New York, there where they celebrate the first responders because they're very similar: military, law enforcement, firefighters. These are people that do the tough jobs. These are people that go into things when other people run away from things. These are people who sacrifice their freedom. Yep, that's what I said. You don't get to choose. Uh, I remember when I was in boot camp. When I got on the hill in, in Fort Bliss, Texas, in '83, you know, we pull up in uh, uh, these big old buses. We go up to the hill after being in process. We got our our bags of stuff. And as soon as that door opens on the bus, there's these big old drill sergeants, and my drill sergeant had to be a big old black man, and he's barking, "Get off the bus! Get your stuff!" I mean, it's full bore. Uh, And, man, and and when we got there, the first thing they want to know is, I am your mother. I am your father. uh, I am uh, the one that lets you go pee. I'm the one that gives you permission to eat. You will do nothing unless I give. I mean, it was intense. And so you got to realize, yeah, a lot of military people give up their freedoms, where they want to live, who they want to marry, where they want to go. There's something in the military called orders. When you get your orders, it's not a democracy. It's not even a republic. Once you're told what to do and where to go, yes, sir, no, sir, how, hi, sir, unless you're talking about the sergeant, and they'll remind you that they work for a living. Don't call me sir. So uh, a little bit different, right? Uh, and so, man, but you got to realize things happen. There are things that happen in life. That change the direction of where something's going. That's why today we're calling today's show Chains. There's a chain of events, right? There's a chain of reaction, right? You know this. There's a chain of causation, right? So what's a chain? A chain is a connected, flexible series of metal links used for fastening or securing objects and pulling or supporting loads. That is great. I love to pick words out. Securing objects and pulling or supporting loads. How about this one? A sequence of items of the same type forming a line. But here's my favorite one. A set of connected or related things. And see, there can be one thing that happens that changes the course of events. There can be one thing that happens that breaks the connection or reroutes the direction. Uh, when we were kids, uh, we would play, uh, uh, we, I think we call it Red Rover. Uh, Red Rover, Red Rover, and then you'd call out someone's name, send Black Ride right over. And then remember, there was two lines of people, they were all holding hands, right? And one person from the other group would run, and their job was to break the connection of two people holding their hand. If they broke through it, right, then those two people, I'm pretty sure it was those two people went to the other side, right? They had to go to the other side. If they didn't break through it, then that person had to stay on that side. It was something like that, right? And we used to say, a chain is just like a fence, it's only as strong as its weakest link. And these soldiers that we celebrate today, the brave men and women, we celebrate their love, their dedication. Right? We got to remember that love is a verb. You know, these people love their country. Look at Winsome Sears, the, the newly elected lieutenant governor uh, of uh, Virginia. Right? She, her family moved from Jamaica. And I got to be honest with you. I believe the best Americans are those who come here legally and assimilate because they know, they know how great this country is. They know what it's like to live in another country. And so Winsome Sears, her family moved from Jamaica, uh, and she was so appreciative. She wasn't even a U.S. citizen yet. She was a child when she came here. Uh, When she was young, though, she was so appreciative of what America had given her and her family that she joined the Marines. And in that process, of course, she became a U.S. citizen. And she has a love for this country, a passion for this country. Uh, She believes uh, in the Bill of Rights. And she loves it so much that she served in the military. And she loves it so much that she put her name on the line to run for an office that no one that looks like her, no one that shares her bathroom, had ever held in the history of America. And how is she celebrated She is called by liberals and by Democrats, by MSNBC, by CNN, the face of white supremacy. Here's a dark black woman from Jamaica. Did I say that before, Jamaica? And she's called the face of white supremacy. Matter of fact, there's an article out, and uh, I think it's by NBC, and it's 38.5 or something like that. You can just Google it. You'll see it. It says, Why Racist White People Vote for Black Candidates. That's the title of the story. Why Racist White People Vote for Black People. This is not the country. That people live and die for. That's not what's supposed to be going on. Dr. King said, I I long for a day that my four little children will live in a nation where they are not judged by the content of their character. Uh, I mean, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. See, Dr. King believed in that dream. Dr. King loved loved Jesus, and he loved America, and he loved uh, freedom. And so he gave his life. See, that's what love is. Love is a verb. Don't you get it? It's not a feeling. It's not a noun. For God so loved the world, he did something about it, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's a verb. Don't you hear it? See, veterans so love their country that they do something about it. Pat Tillman had a cush job with the Arizona Cardinals, NFL player, making lots of money playing a game. And then September 11th happened. And he loved his country enough that he gave up millions of dollars, that he gave up a cush lifestyle, that he gave up playing a game for a living and joined the military, special forces, and wound up dying. And he died by friendly fire. He was killed by his own men. It was an accident. It wasn't a mutiny or anything. And so you got to understand that's what love is. For a parent so loves their child that they work two and three jobs. For a parent so loves their child that they want to teach them that they can accomplish anything they want. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic background. That you can accomplish whatever you want. It's just believe in yourself. Believe that America has the possibilities. See, that's what a lot of black people were raised in America told. That's what a lot of white people were raised in America told. But, you know, one thing could change the direction of everything. And in the show, I'm going to give you some of those things. Today, we're going to talk about demagogues. We, we kind of broke the subject yesterday. We're going to talk about narratives because we're being programmed people. And you got to realize that as, you could be going on the right path, and then one thing changes, and the chain of causation is redirected. One thing changes, and there's a chain of reaction. One thing changes, and there's a chain of fact. That forever alters your life. It's the butterfly effect. Look up the butterfly effect. It reminds me of a story. A story is told about a soldier who had, was finally coming home after having fought in Vietnam. He called his parents from San Francisco Hey, mom, hey, dad, great news. I'm coming home. But, mom, dad, I, I got a favor to ask. I met a lot of people on this, you know, on my journey. And uh, I have a friend, and he's in need, and I'd like to bring him with me. Sure, they replied. We we'd love to meet him. However, Mom, Dad, there's 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 something you should know. The son continued. Uh, he he was hurt pretty badly in the fighting, defending his country. He actually stepped on a landmine and lost an arm and a leg. He's in bad shape, Mom, Dad. He has a uh, he has nowhere else to go, and I I want him to come live with us. He needs us. I'm sorry to hear that, son. Maybe maybe we can find him somewhere else to live. No, 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 M- Mom, Dad, I, I want him to live with us. I, I want us to, to help him. Son, said the father, you don't know what you're asking. Someone with such a handicap would be a terrible burden on us. We have our own lives to live, son, and, and we can't let something like this interfere with our lives. we got dreams. we got, we got vacations. we got stuff, and you're coming home. I think you should just come home and forget about this guy. Uh, someone else will step up. He'll find a way to live on his own. At that point, the son hung up the phone. The parents heard nothing more from him for a few days. And then a few days later, the phone rang. They received a phone call from the San Francisco police. Their son had died after falling from a building, they were told. The police think it's questionable that it possibly could have been suicide. The grief-stricken parents flew to San Francisco, were taken to the city morgue to identify the body of their son. They recognized him, but to their horror, they also discovered something they didn't know. Their son had only one arm. And one leg. See, the parents in the story, are like many of us. We find it easy to love those who are good-looking, who are fun to be around, who bring us value, who make it easy. But we tend not to love or like people who inconvenience us or make us feel uncomfortable. We'd rather stay away from people who aren't, quote, healthy, beautiful, or smart as we are. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get a little uncomfortable. Because we are on a pattern right now, a path, that all these brave men and women, 1.3 million who've died for this country, didn't die for where America's going right now. And we've got to interrupt this chain of events. We've got to interrupt this chain of causation. We need to go back and do some of the old things that we did to make this country great. Or this country isn't going to be great anymore. It doesn't stay great all the time. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of blood, a lot of commitment, a lot of sacrifice. And today, on Veterans Day, we're talking about those chains, chains of events. I am Black. I'll be right back.
1: We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, Books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, Workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level.
0: Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
4: Take a listen to these words about like it matters leadership awakening from a recent attendee.
0: Leadership awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, unless executive professional communication and training to to how to hold a fork. It, the the leadership awakening is a deep mental experience where I was.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today we're recognizing our soldiers as we honor them with Veterans Day. Uh, And today we're talking about chains. Not chains like slavery and uh, chain gang, not like that. We're talking about a chain of reaction, a chain of events. Chain of causation. It it's basically the the law of cause and effect. There's conditional if A, then B. If you if you look at the Bible, I think Second Corinthians, I think it's seven fourteen, where if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray, I will heal their land. If they will just seek me. You know, there's a lot of those conditional statements. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he is risen, you will be saved. That's Romans 10, 9. And that's just off the top of my head. There's a lot of conditional statement. For You know, God causes all things to work for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Do you hear that conditional statement? There's an if-then. If you love God, if you are called according to his purpose for your life, then... All things will work for the good. That means God will use it. God doesn't want us to do some of the things we do, but he uses it. I learned a long time ago, God gives us free will. One of the worst things he ever gave us was free will. The greatest thing was mercy. Or the worst thing was free will. God doesn't didn't want David to commit adultery with uh, Bathsheba. God did not want David to get Uriah killed. Yet God loved David. And so God takes our crap, and he makes beautiful stuff out of it. He takes our garbage, and he makes holy stuff out of it. And that's why I have the faith that I have. And that's why when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, my life forever changed. Talk about a chain of events that caused a totally different direction for my life. If any of you want to know the Lord of the universe, Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, El Shaddai, then please reach out to me, Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. I'm also a pastor. Love to share the word of God with you. I got a, uh, article, uh, from Nation. It was, uh, May 27th, 2019. How many Americans have died in U.S. wars? I told you it's roughly about 1.3, with a little over 900,000 dying in two wars. The American Civil War, which was the greatest loss of all American life, almost half a million, and then World War II we had a little over 400,000 uh, died. Uh, and so some interesting stats. Today, out of a nation of nearly 329 uh, million people, uh, 1.3 million Americans are on active duty. Another 800,000 serve in the reserve. So uh, during World War II, 12% of the population uh, was in the military, now less than 1%. Think about that. That's very powerful. So we had a lot of people that were aware, right, So we had movies, right? So the growing distance—this is from the article—the growing distance between Americans and the uh, military has even changed the way we think to talk about the armed services, argued the Atlantic's author, James Follows. Follows discussed his cover story, Why Do the Best Soldiers in the World Keep Losing? The Tragic Decline of the American Military with Margaret Warner on the NewsHour. hour. said, When I was a kid in the 50s and 60s and then older in the 70s, American pop culture reflected a country familiar enough with its military to make fun of it at times. You had shows like gomer Pyle, Hogan's Heroes, McHale's Navies, you had works of art like South Pacific or novels like Catch 22, and even movies like MASH, respected the importance of the military and the important things it did that were heroic in the large scale, like World War II. But it was still made of real people with their real foibles. But we, dash, now we have started to have this artificially reverent view of the military that's also distant and engaged. Goes on to say after the Civil War, Americans were far from disengaged from the military. The war between the states and its terrible cost gave rise to new traditions and social norms in how citizens honored fallen soldiers. The casualty figures were so great nearly every citizen was directly touched by the conflict. Families and friends of soldiers who lost their lives chose to honor the sacrifices of the fallen by spending a day of the year decorating their graves. Decorating the graves of fallen soldiers was a long-standing tradition, but the establishment of military cemeteries around the nation transformed the practice into a community event. On May thirtieth, 1868, the first official Decoration Day was declared by General John A. Logan and observed at Arlington National Cemetery. Volunteers decorated the graves of more than 20,000 Union Confederate soldiers. During World War II, the Decoration Day was expanded and renamed Memorial Day, to honor all Americans who died in military service. See, we're losing some of our past. We're losing it. And we're becoming something else. Remember we talked about love. Love's a verb. For God so loved the world, he did something about it. For parents to so love their kids, they do something about it. Well, let me give you the opposite of love. The opposite of love. Love is about sacrifice. Love is about service. Love is about putting others' needs before your own. That is what made America great. Years ago, I remember seeing the figure: 90% of all missions are funded by Americans around the world. 90% of all missionary work. And now, you know what the greatest missionary field is? Is America, because the church has fallen away. Uh, we got people like Rick Warren and even T.D. Jakes now is is uh, in the with the government now promoting, getting a jab, getting a jab. It was disappointing when I saw, um, you know, uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin. Uh, promoting with a government entity. Uh, everybody should get the jab. It is amazing. He got the jab, and now he's undergoing heart surgery. I don't know if the two are related at all, but there are things that make you go, hmm, right? But let me give you the antithesis of love. Ready for this? This was in yesterday's paper. South Carolina father sentenced to 28 years for leaving 19-month-old girl in burning car amid police chase. A South Carolina man who fled from flaming car leaving his 19-month-old daughter to burn to death so he could escape police, has been ordered to spend 28 years in prison. Imhotep Norman, that's his name, Imhotep Norman, was sentenced Tuesday over the April 2019 death of his daughter, Zena. According to the Office Seventh Circuit Solicitor Barry Barnett, he previously pleaded guilty to charges including homicide by child abuse, failure to stop for a blue light, and siren. On April 12, 2019, state troopers attempted to pull over Norman's 2015 Hyundai Sonata for speeding on Highway 14 near Jones Road. The father drove over a median. Again, the kid's in the back seat, a 19-month-old kid in the back seat. The father drove over a median in a bid to dodge authorities, then traveled the opposite way northbound on I-85 as officers forced him in the right lane. Norman leapt from the burning vehicle tossed a backpack containing illegal drugs as he ran away by the time police caught up with his car it was engulfed in flames and spewing black smoke in the air firefighters did not know there was another person in the vehicle until they extinguished the blaze and discovered the toddler's body in the back seat it makes me uh, my heart ache makes my heart ache And ladies and gentlemen, you got to realize that things can change. You know, there are big days that we remember that caused a a chain of events. Remember? Don't you remember what that was? D-Day. Remember we celebrate D-Day, right? How about December 7th, 1941? A day which will live in infamy, right? It was a chain of events. It was one event that caused the chain of so many. You know, when we dropped the nuclear bombs, a lot of people don't know this. We're still apologizing for dropping nuclear bombs. But you know what? We were going to invade Japan. They had created, they had, were on order ready for one million caskets. you think D-Day was bad? If we would have had sent troops into Japan to take on the Japanese Imperial Army, they were planning over a million. Remember, we've lost 1.3 million deaths in all battles since the beginning of the history of America. And to those battles, American Civil War and World War One, over nine hundred thousand were lost, so four hundred thousand all the other battles over two hundred plus years and we would have lost at least a million soldiers by invading Japan. We had gotten the- the bomb we knew the bomb was going to work. We gave Japan the opportunity to surrender. They mocked us, they laughed at us they thought. Surrender, I think you got it wrong. You'll be doing the surrendering. A few days later, the first bomb was dropped. A few days later, the second bomb was dropped. Immediately, there was an unconditional surrender by Japan. Now, I'm not going to go into the meritocracy or the merit, if you will, of should we or shouldn't we have. You know what? Uh it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes a judgment. So we'll all be judged for our actions, for our thoughts. But what I do know is this, is by dropping that bomb, it probably saved over a million U.S. lives. Now you can say, well, it cost Japan. Yeah, uh, remember, Japan started the war. Uh, they attacked us at Pearl Harbor. My son's playing a video game. Uh, and it's uh, about the the, uh, fighting planes and all that. And one of the scenes on there, one of the games you can play is the Pearl Harbor one. And he was watching, and I said, buddy, this really happened. He's looking at me like, no, this is a game. No, buddy. The Japanese bombed us. They attacked us in Hawaii, and they killed a lot of people, and they attempted to destroy our military. And he was stunned. My little six-and-a-half-year-old boy, who's a pretty good fighter pilot, by the way, he said, when I grow up, I'm going to be a fighter pilot. You know, it's so cool. And I had to tell him. And there's a lot of people that look at the past wars. A lot of people look at the price that was paid for American freedom, and they spit on it. You look at someone like Ilan Omar, who we saved uh, from Somalia, and now she is working to destroy our country. You look at uh, AOC, who mocks our military and mocks our country. You look at the progressive wing who do all this. And now what's happening even worse is we now uh, have entities inside of our, our, our country That I wanted to change the narrative and talk about how evil America is and how bad America is. And we've been the savior for the world for 200 years. For 200 years, the majority of the world wanted to be like America. And now somehow over the last decade or so, it's all shifted. Now we want to be like the rest of the world. What about you? Are you living your life in such a way that people want to be like you? Or are you living your life in such a way that you want to be like everyone else? I am black. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you.
0: Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
4: Uncover uncover retirement concepts you need to
6: know. We love trying to solve whatever problems and eliminate as many obstacles as possible.
4: Understand the processes and challenges of retirement planning with Corey Zafke and Taylor Sundeen.
6: Yeah, it all boils down to the fact that the pieces of your financial puzzle really need to fit together. Tune
4: in to A Clear Path to Retirement with Corey Zafke and Taylor Sundeen Sundays at 1 p.m. on Freedom 1570.
3: Welcome back to like it matters radio radio like it matters inspiration education and application. I am black and today we're talking about chains and not the chains like a chain gang or the chains that a prisoner has not like that at all not the chains that people want to put on Kyle Rittenhouse not those type of chains I'm talking about the chain of events the chain reaction. The chain of causation. You know, this is where the whole up until now comes in. Up until now, we all have the opportunity to change the direction of our lives. We all have an opportunity to make today the first day of the rest of our lives. We all have the opportunity to change the connection or the path that we're going on. You know, I, I you know Jim Jones. Jim Jones was an evil man. Slaughtered what 900 people, I think, in Ghana. He got a people to sl- slaughter themselves to drink poison cyanide. But you know what? In his early time, Jim Jones was a great civil rights leader. Jim Jones, uh, one of the first people to adopt a black kid. I mean, he his church was full with low income, with Hispanic black people, and when people black people weren't even allowed to eat in restaurants. And I was watching uh, Terrible People or Deadly People or whatever it was on, on one of those CNN shows, you know, where they t- highlight terrible people, evil people. And it was on Jim Jones, and I heard this comment that was so powerful, I'll never forget it. You know, when, before Jim Jones went to California, when he moved to California, the People's Temple, boy, he got really freaking, got weird. He was a little bit weird to begin with, but got really weird. But here's the comment that was made, it was so powerful. This guy said, if Jim Jones would have gotten to a car accident and died as he was driving to California, he would be known today as one of the greatest civil rights leaders ever. That's a powerful statement. So you negate everything that happened when he got to California, which would then negate everything that happened when he got to Ghana, because that was afterwards, right? He escaped to that when he was under pressure. But all the work he did before that, he would be known today as a great civil rights leader. I saw another one on Timothy McVeigh. You know, Timothy McVeigh was a good kid up to a certain point. He loved his country. He went to battle for his country, joined the military. He loved guns. And then what happened in the Iraq War, he was one of the top gunners. And I don't know all the details, but he was on this tank. He had this weapon, and it could hit on a spot, on a fly, like 150 meters away. And so he saw an enemy soldier, an Iraqi, and he got him in his sights and he shot him. And he said he could see it so clearly because of the optics that he saw this guy's face blown off. And that one moment changed his life. He started to realize that that human being is just like me. He's defending his country. He's, you know, That's all he's doing. And then the tragic event, and if you don't know what the tragic event that turned Timothy McVeigh into a domestic terrorist, I'll give you two words. It's called Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge. When the FBI went in and killed all those people, and, and Janet, uh, the attorney general, never paid the price, and Clinton covered for her, uh, she, they killed people. They caused kids to be killed, and they never paid the price. And when Timothy McVeigh saw all those people burned, all those kids killed, see what they did to them, he turned against the U.S. government and realized and he thought that the U.S. government was the enemy. And that forever changed his life. And so what you got to be careful of, ladies and gentlemen, is what you allow to be spoken into your experience. And right now, whether you realize or not, there is a narrative that is turning people against each other. And you got to fight it because it is causing a chain of causation, a chain of events uh, that is getting ugly. That is getting absolutely ugly. That's why you gotta get this January 6th thing. They've gotta make you believe that this was the worst attack ever on U.S. citizens. I mean, that these people were attempting to overthrow the U.S. government. They gotta make you believe that Donald Trump is so evil that, and yet you didn't see any gun, that people were carrying guns. There was no machine guns. There was one person died that day, and that was an unarmed woman. And because she was conservative, and because the person that killed her was a black cop, a liberal, you know, it's a justified homicide. She was unarmed. There was only one person killed. Now we had a police officer die later from his health, and you know, uh, it wasn't anything to do with the thing. He was under stress, which a cop's job is stressful, and he wound up dying from natural causes because he was in bad shape. But you got to realize this. Look up the weather underground. Look it up. Look up a man by the name of Randy Ayers. So the Weather Underground was a radical left-wing militant organization first active in 1969. The FBI described the World uh, WUO, that's what is Weather Underground, as a domestic terrorist group with revolutionary positions, see if this sounds familiar, characterized by black power and opposition to the Vietnam War. It started with a jailbreak. In the 1970s, the WO WUO conducted a bombing campaign targeting government buildings and several banks. You hear this? Some attacks were preceded by evacuation warnings along with threats identifying particular matter that the attack was intended to protest. Three members of the group were killed in an accidental Greenwich Village townhouse explosion, but none were killed in any of the bombings. So they set up bombs. The W.O. Communic issued a connection with the bombing of the United States Capitol. They bombed the U.S. Capitol on March 1st, 1971, indicating that was a protest in the U.S. invasion of Laos. And by the way, Randy Ayers, you would know that name because Hillary Clinton, one of his professors, one of his friends, loved him. He's a liberal professor in California. He's highly sought after. He's tenured. Here's a guy that led for the overflow of the U.S. government. Who put, set up bombs in DC Capitol buildings? And yet we're told that January 6th was the worst thing ever, worse than September 11th. We're, and again, it's because you're being taught to hate, to fear. How about this? If we're so worried about domestic terrorists, how, look at the FBI. Joe Biden's daughter lost her diary, and you have his FBI raiding people's houses, a diary. A diary. You know why? Because it has some bad information about what Joe Biden did with his daughter in showers that were not proper showers. You want to talk about terrorism that no one seems to care about? New York BLM leader warns Eric Adams of bloodshed. So here's the head of the Black Lives Matter organization in New York uh, talking to a newly elected uh, mayor of New York City, a black man, a progressive. Uh, and the head of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York met with Eric Adams, the city's mayor-elect, to discuss policing and warned him that there will be bloodshed if the city returns to its pre-De Blasio model, according to the report. Can you believe that? The meeting was tense, turned into a shouting match, the paper reported. One of the key issues raised was the possibility that the city could reinstate its anti-crime unit, what Black Lives Matters calls a Nazi Gestapo. Quote, If he thinks that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing, then we're going to take to the streets again. There will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed because we believe in defending our people. He said prepare for the worst." Now, where is the Attorney General? Where is uh, Merrick Garland? Instead of attacking people in Loudoun County who want to protect their kids from being sodomized in the bathroom, Or want to make sure their kids aren't being taught to hate each other with CRT. Look at this whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing. If you watch this trial, this is clearly self-defense. All the prosecutors' uh, uh, witnesses are saying that. And there was no person of color. Kyle's white. The three people that were shot are all white. And yet why is this a racial thing? Why are is Black Lives Matter people threatening the jury? Why are people photographing the jury? And if any other situation that would be jury intimidation, these people be arrested. But none of them get arrested. See, ladies and gentlemen, we're fighting the wrong battle. We're being sheeple. And man, if this country is going to remain great, look at the Titler cycle. We talk about it all the time. You know, it's kind of like this I'm out of shape. I stopped working out about two and a half years ago, right before pandemic, and then the pandemic made it worse. I put on 60 pounds. You know, I attempt to go to the gym now and then, but it's hard because now I gotta start all over from the very beginning. It's like a water, a well. If you go to an old farm and there's a well that hasn't been used for a while, you gotta prime the pump. You gotta work hard. You gotta pump it, you gotta pump it. It could be for a half hour, hour, maybe a couple days, and then water will come out. And now the water's fresh and ready there. And it's going to be readily available. You leave for a day, come back, it's readily available. But if you leave for a year and you come back, you have to start all over again. And ladies and gentlemen, we have 200 years of service, of sacrifice, and we're being led astray. We're being lied to. We're being manipulated. We're, we're, going to make, we're making Joseph Goebbels proud because we're doing exactly what Joseph Goebbels did and the Nazi regime did to slaughter 10 million people. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to wake up. This is what this radio show is about. This is what I want, to, I want to teach you to critically think, to creatively think. You don't have to agree with me, but we should have a reason for what we believe. And we've got to stop being manipulated. We've got to stop letting people turn us into haters of who's black and who's white. Who cares what bathroom you use? Who cares who you share your bed with? Will, will, you, will you fight with me, not against me? Can you, can you give me understanding, and I can give you understanding? This is what we got to go back to, what made America great. And this Veterans Day, I pray that we go back in time to what we did to make America great again. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
6: Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. Nobody wants to run out of money in retirement. That's why I'm going to share something that your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. With our investment strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market linked return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your investments won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money to brokerage firm, or even